Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Well, in all the times that the media likes to talk about the decline under progressive woke leaders, they sometimes point to California with their homelessness and crime problems. And one place they go to in particular when they want to look at homelessness and crime is San Francisco. In fact, the term that's now been applied to that city is the doom loop. And it's not just from crime and homelessness, but it's also a place where I guess a lot of tech people worked and decided that when the pandemic came and they can work anywhere in the world, they left. Downtown San Francisco, I saw yesterday, has a 30 some odd percent vacancy rate for office rentals. One story that also got a lot of attention concerning all of this was a major downtown San Francisco mall known as the Westfield Mall. I had been there many times over the years. The big tenant was Nordstrom's. Well, they pulled out. And that was followed by the mall's owner announcing that it was going to stop making payments on a $558 million loan and was effectively leaving the city. This has led to the term, because it affects the tax base of the city, the doom loop. Uh, Obviously, San Francisco's downtown is important, Tourism is another big deal, but you do need office workers and business there to uh, get a tax base beyond the residents. The National Review posted up a story recently entitled Brawls, Theft, Drugs, How Rampant Crime Has Turned Westfield Mall into a Symbol of San Francisco's Decline. It's an interesting read. One thing that popped out immediately is, according to the statistics they were able to garner in the last three years, Authorities have been called to the mall 
more than 5,000 times for a variety of reasons. Some of them benign, but some of them involve people with knives, mentally disturbed people, indecent exposure. Just a quick list of some of the things. We finally have an opportunity to talk to somebody in that city who can give us a little bit of firsthand input into this. And he's described in the story as a former San Francisco drug dealer who's now an activist calling for reform there. His name is Reese Wynn. Let's get him on the show and talk more about what's going on in that city. Welcome to the John and Ken Show. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Uh, you know, could be better, you know. Uh, still um, kind of an epidemic down here in uh, the area where I'm living in San Francisco. It's uh, the Soma District, um, District 6. Uh, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, the the problem is pretty widespread, though. I'd have to admit it's not just this district. You know, um, today um, I traversed from uh, almost the Marina District over the hill uh, past Soma and even into the Dog Patch area. And uh, I mean, you see homeless people everywhere using drugs. Uh, so it's 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 very disturbing, very um, shocking that we can't get a hold on this problem. Uh, and I. At this rate, it, you, the only fingers you can really point are at the uh, policymakers. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk, and obviously the mayor there has even talked about some form of enforcement when it comes to the drug problem. I mean, you're described as a former drug dealer. How do you look at the problem with the, with all the addicts in San Francisco, particularly in certain neighborhoods? The The problem is that the ideologies don't match up. She, London Breed, the, the mayor, is saying one thing publicly and saying that she's going to arrest people for public drug consumption, for using drugs out in the open, uh, that they're going to enforce that. However, on the backside, the um, Department of uh, Health here in San Francisco is actually uh, sanctioning um, the drug uh drug paraphernalia sites uh, under the guise of uh, harm reduction, right? So if if you still have a, a government-funded facility that's giving out Brillo pads, crack pipes, needles, tinfoil, um, and, and different things to get high with, it's not matching up with what she's saying to people on the news and, and to other media outlets. It doesn't make sense. If you were taking a hard stance on this drug problem, um, then you would get rid of that program. And, and, I mean, I understand if you're passing out Narcan, you know, to to um, help reverse the um, side effects uh, of uh, opiate use. You know, if you went into to like OD, then that's one thing to to pass out Narcan because you might be saving somebody's life, but right. to give out utensils that you get high with on taxpayer dollars is unconscionable. It's, it's contradicting what you're saying to your voters. It's contradicting to what you're saying to the news outlets. It's you're lying. And then, you know, so it's, it's, it's very, very frustrating when you walk down my street and you see the street littered with these things that they're these utensils, this paraphernalia that they're getting from the harm reduction um, people or the St. James Infirmary. There's two major ones that actually give out these kits, these using kits, and it's 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 just ridiculous. It doesn't 
match up to what you're saying on the front end. You're, so really all it is is a more political uh, um, uh, stunts and, and empty words. We need what action. About, uh, we now need the, action. The, now the governor was there, and supposedly CHP is now involved in trying to cut down the fentanyl that makes its way into the city. Are you seeing any effects of that? Definitely, and we, we, uh, you know, um, uh, a lot of us here, the residents here, you know, welcome to see CHP's help. You know, they're they're more or less pulling cars over. I haven't seen them on foot patrol or you know, um, apprehending um, drug users. But if they're, you know, if they're coordinating with the SFPD and and to to crack down on the dealing, that's that's great. You know, but what people have to realize from San Francisco all the way to LA is that um, that individuals that are selling out here right now, uh, I, would, uh, I would argue that about a, a good majority of them are undocumented migrants. And I know here in San Francisco, for sure, the people that control the open-air drug market are undocumented migrants that are up here uh, from Honduras, from Guatemala, from El Salvador, um, and they're, they're out here. The, the drug trade out here with fentanyl and methamphetamine and but in not, particular but, those two drugs but not the users necessarily the users do not control the drug market no absolutely they're not no they're, but i mean they're they're not migrants the users are who are the users the, the users just... are no the users are definitely not migrants these are people that are uh, you know our citizens that are you know a lot of them are suffering from mental illness uh, coupled with their drug addiction so they're dual diagnosed right and uh or, or some of the really younger ones that have not you know slipped into psychosis yet are are you know just m- may need a, a good push in the right direction and when i say a good push in the right direction i, I mean just old-fashioned well, rehab old-fashioned rehab old-fashioned consequences you know you use drugs you go to jail for 90 days you are forced to detox with no suboxone, no methadone. You are forced to detox, and and when when you're done detoxing, then you you meet these individuals in the jail and say, "Hey, don't you want to change your life? Are you tired of living like this? Aren't you sick of this?" And then that's when you get them onto the road to recovery. If you were to go through and arrest these homeless people that are drug addicts and, uh, and, and take them off the streets for 90 days to like a rehab camp or something that's ran by the sheriff's department and get them into a place to where they're forced to detox for 90 days, I guarantee that the dealers are going to, it's going to, it's like the, the snake's going to eat its own tail. It's going to, tamp down on it but the demand oh, yeah. is so high the demand is so high that it, it w- they're not going to be deterred i've seen a 16 year old girl out here that's uh, from another country sitting here selling dope she is uh, has a pocket full of money she has three to four uh, addicts grown men around her at all times buying drugs from her it's you know it's you can't let people um, you know, generate revenue like that, and they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. They've I, never even seen that type of money before. And so when they get down there and they're in that position, like I was when I generated the money that I generated from my past criminal life, it was very hard for me to deter myself 
from doing it again because right. can you it hang was on? The only thing I knew how what? Can you hang on a minute? Yeah, I got I got to take a break, but I'd like to talk to you some more. Can you just hold on? Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, that's Rishi Wynn. He's a former San Francisco drug dealer, now an activist, and you can hear him. He knows a lot about the drug problem in San Francisco and the lack of, and you're hearing it, enforcement. When I come back, we'll talk about what he also cited in this uh, story, which has appeared in the National Review. It was about the Westfield Mall basically shutting down. But he talks about Prop 47, which we've talked about so often. It passed in 2014. I think it's at the root cause of a lot of the homeless and the crime problems. We'll talk more with him. Johnny Kent Show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. All right, my guest is a former San Francisco drug dealer, now an activist. Um, he's apparently, I looked him up, appeared in many uh, shows around the country. Fox News, his name is Richie Wynn, and um, he's cited in a National Review story about what they call the doom loop in San Francisco. We know that a lot of people did not return following the pandemic. It has led to high vacancy rates in some of the office buildings. But of course, what gets most of the attention is the open air drug use that's going on in that city. And of course, problems with crime and shoplifting and Walgreens closing and all these kinds of things. Let's get him back on the show and dig into this a little more because he's got a great perspective on this. And of course, where we left off, he's talking about you need some kind of enforcement you need to get these people in and tell them, you know, if you don't go to drug treatment, then then the choice is jail time. And it is cited in the story that uh, Proposition 47, which was passed in 2014, is one of the problems here because it decreased penalties for nonviolent offenses, including drug use and theft. And that was something that they had over the drug addicts before that they don't have anymore. And you think that contributes quite a bit to this problem? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Proposition 47 is another one of those failed um, uh, policies that they came out with, um, and they packaged it up. I mean, Proposition 47 was packaged up as the Safe Neighborhoods and School Act. I don't know how they did that or why they labeled it that, but it's very misleading. Well, Um, let me me tell you why they did that. They said that with the money we're going to save by not sending people to prison, we can turn around and spend it on treatment to make the people better. But that hasn't happened, has it? No, I can't say it has. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's it's made the problem worse. And the, the, the thing is with these type of social experiments that these lawmakers are trying to do on us um, here in California is that they're dismantling one whole system or one set of rules before the other set is proven to work. Just like defunding the police, they were really big on defund the police. And here in San Francisco, a lot of these people said that they were going to allocate funds for the police department elsewhere, and they did. They took a lot of money away from the police department, and now they're short-staffed, almost 500 officers. Um, you know, but but that just goes to show you, you cannot, you know, cancel one whole thing that that's been working for years. Maybe it's not working to the level or the degree that everyone wants it to, but we're not living in a utopian society. There are going to be mishaps. That's with anything, you know? So so before you cancel one whole 
you know, process, you got to make sure that the new process that's going to replace it is proven to work. And Proposition 47 it was not proven to work. And now it's actually proven that it does not work. And it em- emboldens the, the drug use. It emboldens the theft from these stores. And in the radius of just where I live, there's been almost nine closures of different, um, you know, big chain places. These aren't just mom and pop places that just could not pay the rent after COVID. You're talking about Burger King. You're talking about Chase Bank. You're talking about Whole Foods. You're talking about Walgreens. You're talking about CVS. You're talking about Old Navy. You're talking really big corporations that just pulled out of this area altogether. And um, it's because of the lack of enforcement um, behind these, these policies. And instead of saying, hey, you know, as a policymaker, as, as a lawmaker, instead of having some humility and saying, hey, you know what? We tried this and it's not working. We're going to we're going to, you know, pull this back a little bit and, and, and go back to the drawing board and go back to um, maybe how it was before so we can get this thing under control. And then if we want to try something later on, then maybe we could do that. But they won't do that. Now, I don't think that they went into this situation with malintent i don't think they went in into it with like you know um, um, malice or something like that but or or, or well uh, or, yeah, here's I what they say is, and, I, and I i'm sure you've heard this intentions every time intentions. every time they debate this in sacramento and even in your city when we're talking about enforcement against not just the dealers but obviously the drug users oh the war on drugs didn't work we're not going to imprison people that was a failure we're not going to go back to that i'm sure you've heard that argument but that's not true everyone that i know that has perpetual sobriety that is still clean and sober to this day it, it, uh, went through some type of uh, custodial sentence went through some type of justice system it might not have happened the first time might not happen the second time might not happen the third time the person might have went there a, a slew of times but finally they got sick and tired of being sick and tired you know they 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 were in that jail cell and they just finally said, you know what? Enough is enough. I got to clean can't up. can't do this yeah. anymore. Right. Right. Now that's, that's very common. And obviously if you don't do that in San Francisco, the permissive attitude towards all this, of course, is letting this problem only get worse. And what you're going to get instead is all these overdose deaths that we're seeing. Because as you mentioned before too, harm reduction, that is just a God awful way to deal with the drug problem, isn't it? Yeah, because you're moving our moral goalpost further away from where it should be. Instead of saying, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, you know, you need sobriety, you need to get your your life back on track, right? They're saying, okay, well, here, we know that you're hopeless. You're never going to get clean. So here's a whole bunch of stuff so at least you're not spreading disease while you're out there killing yourself with the disease of addiction. It's such a... It's such a, a, a bleak to, to try to combat this problem. You need to stand on our morals and our, 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 you know, our character as Americans, as Californians, as things to say, hey, some things are just not acceptable. And living on the streets, using drugs, expecting taxpayers to keep giving you money, keep expecting all these things, all these services is not right. It's not the American way. It's not, it's, it's just not, we don't, we're, that's not, it's making a, we're, we're bringing a, 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 a ideology that, that is like 
makes everybody just lazy and feel entitled to things. All right, I got to go. I, mean, I got to yeah. go. I, I really appreciate talking to you. <laughs> Great input from you. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Richie, Richie Wynn, thank you. Absolutely, brother. Thanks. All right. He's, he's fantastic. He is, of course, a former drug dealer. Now an activist, giving us a perspective from San Francisco. And again, this idea of harm reduction, lack of enforcement, is just going to make that city go into a further, further death spiral. More coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done. Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrict and supply NMLS 292230 equal housing lender federally insured by NCUA asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances so if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest that's why it's got to be a CFP find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org you're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM 640. You can't listen to the show live. Pick us up on the uh, the podcast. John and Ken on demand at KFIAM640.com. Also the iHeartRadio app. We now move over to an oldie but a goodie on the John and Ken show. And that's the mileage tax. Uh, the Associated Press did a story over the weekend that as more and more people buy electric vehicles, it says here sales are now up to almost 5%. In 2021, well, they won't be stopping for gas and paying the gas tax, which is sucked up by the politicians to basically waste on so many different things, not the roads, as you can see in California. To talk about what's going on in California with uh, the idea of a mileage tax, we're going to welcome back to the show Jay Bieber with Safer Streets LA and also now Director of Policy and Research for the National Motorist Association uh, oh, he's not here? Okay. All right, then I'll, I'll explain more of the story. Uh, it says here, the federal government is about to pilot its own programs. So there might be a federal mileage tax, too? Funded by $125 million from an infrastructure measure that Joe Biden signed back in November of 2021. Uh, it says here, many states have implemented stopgap measures. 
such as mileage-based user fees, distance-based fees, or vehicle miles travel taxes. Uh, videos circulating on social media service TikTok have shown how people can start Kia and Hyundai models by using only a screwdriver and a USB cable. But it talks about how lawmakers passed a bill last month that would have begun early steps towards a program by allowing collection of motorists' odometer readings on a voluntary basis. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Oregon, Utah, and Virginia are already generating some revenue from road uses charges. All right, let's get Jay on the show. Jay, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? All right, so you're Director of Policy and Research for the National Motorist Association. Is that new? That is new as of this year, yeah. Well, yeah. good for I you. Think. So what can you tell us about the dreaded mileage tax? Uh, well, well, first of all, I think, I think the thing we should all really understand, first of all, is that it's probably not going to replace the gas tax. They will probably replace, they will probably layer this on top of it because no government ever wants to give up any revenue. So, uh, so that's the Well, if, that would, if that's like, true, let me ask you that, though. Let me stop you there. If that's true, yeah. would people who actually have to still buy gas and don't drive an EV, would they pay a little less mileage tax? Because that seems unbalanced. Well, I think it's going to be unbalanced no matter no matter what happens. But my guess is it's just going to be a tax on the, on the amount that you drive plus whatever you pay at the pump. I don't think they're going to give you any credit for anything. Um, I mean, they, they claim it's to replace the gas tax. But, you know, when, when has the government ever given up any amount of revenue that they're getting? They'll oh, no, no. There'll always be a them. gas tax. You're right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But understand that this is less about generating revenue to replace the gas tax or to, you know, for transportation or fixing roads, which is what it's supposed to be. Of course, most of the money right now for the gas tax and uh, transportation is diverted for things other than roadways. It's usually for yes. transit or bike lanes or, you know, things of that nature. But um, so this is really about social engineering. It's really about a way to penalize you for driving your car too much. And there's been a lot of proposals around the country for different versions of this. There's a federal version of it. There's a, different states have, have versions of it. And a lot of what we're seeing out there are things that are not just sort of a flat rate for however many miles you drive, you know, a rate per mile. One of the proposals is to tier the rates. So, for example, you'll get a certain allotment at a lower amount, and then you would get charged if you drive too much, whoever they decide is too much, then you would get charged more for that next tier than more for even the next tier, kind of like they do with our electric rates right now. So, um, you know, it's a way to discourage you from driving your car. There's another proposal. I, I know this is true in Michigan. I don't know whether it's part of, you know, California's version of this, but I'm sure it will be at some point, which would be that um, they would charge you a higher rate if they determine that your trip could have been taken using another form of transportation. Like if you could have taken that trip using a bus or a train, or if you could have, you know, driven, ridden a bicycle, or if you could have walked, they're going to charge you more for that trip than they would for other kinds of trips. So actually have the so programming whole... to figure that out? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's part, I mean, it's part of the whole algorithm of, you know, like, where are you driving? I mean, there's, yeah. you can imagine the massive amount of surveillance that's going to be required for this kind of thing where they're going to, I mean, they're going to have to figure out, you know, where you drove, you know, when you drove there, whether there was some other form you could have taken. And then, you know, they, they want to charge people with, 
um, you know, higher value vehicles, more money per mile than people who they think have less money. That's what I thought. Like I was going to ask you if there's going to be some tiered system based on people's incomes. Most most likely. Again, this is all to be worked out, but you know this is what they want to do. Um, the, the cost of collection of this, by the way, is more expensive than the cost of collection for the gas tax. So a portion of whatever they're going to be collecting goes to the, the mechanism for collecting it and their surveillance and all of this kind of thing. So some of that money will just go to overhead. So we'll lose money right off right off the bat. So they're going to need they're um, going to need some sort of device and a way to track your mileage is still the, right. the thing they need, right? Exactly, exactly. And and if, if they were just going to a, just a complete flat flat rate, and they could just you know you, your whether you you know when you do your registration or your vehicle or or inspection of your vehicle, you, you know they would check your odometer, you know then they wouldn't need much. Um, invasiveness, but anything else beyond that will require a lot of invasiveness. And just another, just think about this. Let's say you live in California. California has, you know, a rate per mile that's different than other states. And let's say you do the majority of your driving for in a particular year outside the state. And let's say you take a trip across the country and back again. It's like six thousand miles plus. Right. That's, that's driven out of state. You're still going to get charged the California rate unless unless they know that you drove somewhere else. Right. And then right. who gets that money? It, the whole thing is insane. If you if you go to Colorado and you buy gas there, you're paying the gas tax in Colorado. But this form of taxation is a form of taxation which they're going to have to surveil you and know where you were if they want to somehow give the money to another state because you state. drove in another state. I mean, it's a huge, massive government new government program and i don't know if anybody thinks it's a good idea to give the government more taxing power uh, they by the way so this could be a federal mileage tax and a california mileage tax could be two could be two because right now we do right now we do pay a federal gas tax and we pay a state gas yeah tax. we do so, so they yeah they'd be right so, so they have on. to have a way of getting their pound of flesh so, um, so somehow, somehow they're going to get you one, one way or the other. But really, this is about understand. It's not really about the money as much. I mean, it's about the money, of course, but it's also about social engineering and trying to discourage you from driving. And oh, yeah. and and by it, and it'll be much easier to, you know, monkey with the rates on this kind of thing than with the gas tax. So. Um, you know, the gas tax, you go to a pump, you know, every time you go to the pump, you see that number with this, you might not see it till the end of the year. You might not, you know, it might be all, you know, mixed up with other things, maybe with your tax return or something, you know, so you may not, may not see it as, as overtly. Um, so it's an easy way to, to hide it to some extent, but also to penalize you for after the fact for driving too much. Well, do they have an argument, though, because they are losing money because the people aren't buying gas with EVs, so they're not grabbing that money at the pump? It, it's a very small percentage. Now, of course, California has this idiotic idea that, that everyone's going to drive an EV, even though we don't have the infrastructure for it. And, right. and, um, and you know, they're going to force everybody into a, an electric vehicle. There's nothing wrong with electric vehicles, of course, but they don't have the... the, the um, the range that you would need, like for example, as I was saying about that trip across the country. Oh yeah, and some people's an commutes. Vehicle, yeah. It's almost impossible to do, you know, a couple of days in a row of of a, of a road trip, right? right? And so, so you have to stop, you know, a half hour, an hour, 
just to recharge your vehicle every 200 miles or so. I mean, that would make it very difficult to, to do a reasonable road trip. Um, so, so, you know, electric vehicles have their drawbacks. But the other thing is that electric vehicles overall are actually worse for the environment than, um, than a, a regular internal combustion engine. I mean, you don't see it. You see it differently at the exhaust pipe, but you don't see it. Right, you know, everything that goes into making the battery and everything, right? Making the battery, and then think about the fact that, like a regular, look, I have, I have one of my cars is is, is soon to be a classic, is a '94 Toyota Celica, right? Okay, yeah. long ago that battery, if that was a battery vehicle, that battery would have been dead, the car would have been worthless. But you <laughs> exactly. know, I've been able to maintain it and keep it keep it running. So we'll have a lot more turnover in cars too. So think about all the steel and all the wasted. Um, energy and production of taking going into vehicles, which will then no longer have any value once that battery goes bad, and the cost of replacing that battery maybe is is more or not not that much less than just getting a new one. And so the, there'll be much less of a secondary car market. So the cost of cars will go up. I mean, this is the, the whole thing is going to be a huge hit, especially for the people who don't have that much money. I mean, think about. You know, people that are just struggling to get by, they're struggling to pay their rent. I mean, now they have a car that maybe they can buy, you know, an older vehicle, and it doesn't cost them that much. And, um, and you know, they, it, you know, maybe it doesn't get as great gas mileage as, as a, you know, a hybrid or something like that. But, you know, they can generally afford it now, and they can get by, and they get to work. But the cost of an EV is going to be more, and the cost of, of maintaining that vehicle over the long term, once those batteries start going, is going to be a lot more. All right, Jay, thank you so much for talking to me once again, and uh, good going with your uh, new position. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Jay Bieber, Safer Streets LA, also Director of Policy and Research for the National Motorist Association at motorist.org. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere. It's the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio from 1 till 4 after 4. John and Ken On Demand podcast on the iHeart app. Well, we were just talking about Governor Dippity Doo. His wife also got some recognition today. The El Segundo Times did a tongue bath on her by Taryn Luna. Uh, basically, the title is Trauma Has Shaped Jennifer Seibel Newsom's Life. Now it helps fuel her work for California. She is a filmmaker and a feminist. We've talked about this before. She makes these gender movies that uh, schools have to show. Right. And they're financed by PG&E, which That's is why right. they're P- financed by corporate donors, which so. is why PG&E always worms their way out of trouble after they uh, start fires that uh, uh, kill 100 people and cause right. billions of dollars of damage. You know, the stuff that never bad happens to PG&E, even after they murder all those people, because they make donations to the governor's wife, among others. Predictably, it starts with the fact that she took the stand in the trial against Harvey Weinstein. Uh, Of course, the jury deadlocked on her Jane Doe story. And a lot of people have been skeptical and also not really mentioned in this article. She didn't really come forward right away. When the whole story broke in 2017 and the Me Me Too movement was underway and Weinstein got accused of so many things, eh, she wasn't really around. But eventually she came forward and they did use her. In the case against him, but as I mentioned, they deadlocked. But of course, the the attorney for uh, Harvey Weinstein, because he called her a bimbo, just another bimbo who slept with Harvey Weinstein to get ahead in Hollywood. Oh, they made a big deal out of this. Oh, misogyny. 
oh my God, there's still so much hate and prejudice against people. But let's face it, and we've said this a thousand times before with the Weinstein case, there were some women who knew that this was the way to get ahead in Hollywood. There were some women who were sexually assaulted by Weinstein. All right? Which is which? Good luck figuring out sometimes. But it looks like the jury couldn't quite take a stand on that. Um, here, Cybelle Newsom, who turns 49 this month, has made a familiar pivot from anguished to motivated. Publicly, she's talking about funding for women's health and support for families escaping domestic violence. Behind the scenes, she's doubling down on trying to make the criminal justice system more fair to other survivors. So part of me thinks that uh, one How of the reasons gonna... she did this with the Harvey Weinstein trial was to make her feminist label look stronger. Like, there I was. I was brave enough to take the stand and accuse somebody publicly in court of sexually assaulting me. Too bad the jury didn't exactly buy it. No, well, she continued so much contact with Harvey Weinstein after he allegedly attacked her. Oh, she wanted his help to handle Gavin Newsom's problems. Yeah, Gavin Newsom was uh, screwing his uh, best friend's wife. Right, she wanted some PR help. He wanted, yeah, how how do I handle that? My new boyfriend was screwing his best friend's wife. Um, I I think you have experience in how to handle these kinds of situations. (laughs) She is a a colossal phony. Colossal. But the reason she's getting attention is the other trauma in her life, which was real, and I'm not doubting it or otherwise trying to undermine it, but apparently uh, she and her older sister were playing on golf carts when Jennifer Newsom was just seven, just a few days before her birthday. She didn't see her sister hiding behind the golf cart. She rolled it backwards and she killed her eight-year-old sister. And that's the trauma that's getting... I never knew that either. And she said now she became the only daughter. So that in and of itself, there were big expectations from her parents to excel in academics and the arts and in sports. I felt the pressure to be perfect, blah, 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 blah. But it really is a quite the positive profile on um, the other half of this uh, uh, publicity hungry couple and uh, her attempts to make these uh, these. Uh, gender movies well she's got the representation project and that's the non-profit right uh that promotes her films and the foundation's list of donors include pg and e and at&t who spend a lot of time lobbying gavin newsom to get favorable laws and in pg and e's case protection and bailouts for all the people they kill Right. Because of their bad maintenance of their electrical facilities, which start the huge fires, which Newsom then blames on climate change. See how all this works? Yeah. PG&E starts the fires because of bad maintenance. He uses climate change as the excuse, then taxes the hell out of us in order to stop the fires that PG&E created. PG&E buys that protection and the reimbursement uh, by giving money to... uh, Jennifer Newsom's film company. project, yeah. right? So she can uh, so, have a role doing something that still involves what she wanted to get into in the first place, which was uh, movies, right? So, so excuse me for being skeptical of an L.A. Times tongue bath, all right? <laughs> because I don't see that article being done by uh, Tara Taryn Luna. Taryn Luna. Taryn Luna, instead of doing a throwaway paragraph several pages into the story about, well, uh, you know, the foundation's under scrutiny for the uh, donations it gets. No, no. Why don't you dig into the donations? What's the deal? What, what, what's, what's the exchange that's going on here? What's her uh, influence? 
John and Ken KFI AM640 live everywhere iHeartRadio app. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.